Hey, and welcome back to Scratch the Scripture. This is your host, Caden Tart, and we haven't published a podcast episode in the past two weeks, and that is strictly because of college. We're nearing the end of the college semester, and we got essays and forum posts and research papers, and I'm just up to my eyeballs in it, really. So we thought it was going to be one week break, but it ended up being a two-week break, so... Yeah, my sincerest apologies on the diehard fans. But this week's um, question is, what does it mean to be a true Christian? And it was sent in by Ivy Rummage. Now, have you, if you haven't already, send us a question at our Gmail as you guys are driving the content here. And we also have a Discord server set up, which acts as sort of a like a digital youth group where we play games and fool around and talk about Christianity. I'll leave a link in the description. And if you want to know the answer to this week's question, please stick around. When we look at charts and demographics of religions in the world, we see that Christianity is easily the most popular religion in the world, which holds around 2.4 billion members worldwide. That's equal to around one-third of the planet that say they are Christian. That is huge! That, that is a huge amount, and I know I'm not the only one that thinks this, right? But if that were the case, you and I both know that we would live in a dramatically different world, a world in which our Christian values are held to the utmost respect. And yet the single most mocked character in history is Jesus Christ. So why is that? Why, why is it so difficult for somebody to mention in the school system that they love God, that they believe in God. It's, it's almost kind of a, a fearful thing nowadays, right? And, and there's a simple answer to that. It's because not everybody who says they are Christian are actually living like a true Christian. It's just a label. And that brings us to this question. What does it mean to be a true Christian, right? Now, in my experience, many people that I've come across equate being a Christian with a person with high moral standards, like uh, doing certain things, like going to church on Sunday morning, or praying with the family before dinner, or tithing money to the church, or helping others in need, and in just in general being a good person in society. If this were the case, if this is what it takes to become a Christian, then we have an extremely watered down and downright unbiblical way of understanding what it means to be a true Christian. Our works do not grant us access into heaven. And we see this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. It builds a great framework on this topic. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we see there, quite simply, that being a good person doesn't make you a Christian. Now, there's another group of people out there that also say, well, you know, I believe in God. And they say this to me, and they, they go out, and they might have some road rage and blaspheme and use the Lord's name in vain. They might get 
drunk every once in a while and maybe sleep around. They also argue with people on the internet about creation and morality, right? They, they've done the research and they've discovered that God is real, but they don't live like it. They don't show it, right? And, and simply knowing that God is real is not enough because, fun fact, demons also know that God is real, right? It, it says it in James chapter 2, verse 9. It says, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. And so, your good deeds are not enough to get into heaven, but your, your lazy belief in God is also not enough, right? So, what do we do? What do we do? We're at a loss. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven... Well, what is the will of the Father? The whole book of the Bible. That's what. And we need to follow every word of the Bible. If we follow what we like and ignore what we don't like, then we have just created a different Jesus, a false Jesus, right? We cannot change the Bible. We have to let the Bible change us. All right. So now you've made your decision. You want to join the club. You've lived your life not knowing what is up or what is down, and you're in desperate need of salvation, right? So, so what do you need to know in order to start your life as a member of the body of Christ? Well, people have stopped me and asked me what they need to do in order to become a Christian. You know, what's the process like? And I always start off by giving them the ABC method. Now, I, I love this method. I call this the starter pack to Christianity. This is what you say to someone that wants to convert to Christianity but doesn't know how to start. So let's start with the first one, A. That means admit. You have to get them to admit that they are a sinner, that they are totally depraved and that they are in complete rebellion to God. Right? Admit that you are a sinner. That's A. B is for believe. Now, you have to believe three things. You have to believe that Jesus died for your sins. You have to believe that God loves you and is in constant work to change your life to the best of its ability. And you also have to believe that salvation is a free gift from God. All right, that's B. Now, C is confess. You have to confess with your tongue that Jesus is Lord. Yes, you can say it in your mind all the time, but saying it out loud has just such a special meaning to it. Once you have followed the ABC method, and you really do admit that you're a sinner, believe Jesus died for you, and confess that he is Lord, and you mean it, you must not turn back to your sinful nature. I know that many people think that since they repented and believe in Christ, that they essentially have a get-out-of-jail-free card and can continue in their sin. This saddens me a lot because I also thought the same way. I thought that if I sin a little bit, then I'll just ask for forgiveness, and it'll be good. If I sin some more, then I'll ask for more forgiveness. This makes God 
a tool that you can pull out and use whenever you feel ashamed or whenever you feel like you need to buy fire insurance from hell or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that a Christian cannot sin. Christians stumble all the time. But what I'm saying is once the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you cannot embrace sin or sin without repentance. If a true Christian stumbles into sin, the Holy Spirit will convict them and they will know when they have sinned and they will repent and continue joyfully in their life. It's also important to note that you cannot save yourself. I want to look back on Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 9. And it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Only God has the power to make you clean again through his Son, Jesus Christ. It is that free gift of God that you may be saved, and that is amazing and immaculate in every sense of the word. Now one final note. It's not easy to become a true Christian. Your life doesn't just flip from a wretched lifestyle into into instant Christian mode. True faith is a process. It's like you're climbing a ladder, but that ladder is endless. The process of faith will continue. That ladder will continue until you're dead and God brings you into heaven. So I don't want you to worry if you're in that wretched lifestyle and you've just turned into a Christian, but you're not seeing much change. It doesn't happen instantly. Give it time. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, then go to anchor.fm slash scratch the scripture for more episodes. And feel free to shoot us a question at scratch the scripture at gmail.com for the series. Tune in next Sunday as we answer the question, what does the Bible say about guardian angels? And remember, we're only just beginning to scratch the scripture. 